Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry show. It's been a while. I'm Jenny Grand, the editorials editor at the Tulsa World. I'm Barry Friedman, the world traveler. I was in the Bahamas for two weeks. I came back for this. You'll, you should, because you, everyone has missed. I've had people wondering, where's Barry? Why aren't you and Barry talking? And I said, you know, I've, I've joined a whole list of women now that we start a relationship. I thought we had something going. Then you take off. And I'm like, he's uh, gone. He's, he's, he's traveling the world now. Nobody's that's, that's asked you where I was. Sometimes. Nobody has asked you where I was. Right. <laughs> no, people are wondering. They they enjoy the, the podcast. They enjoy right. listening to your voice. They worry about you, Barry. You know, and I said, he's a comic. You can't control that man. He's just, you know, they're, they're artists. So you're back. Thank you. But, I was in the Bahamas, came back for this. You made a mess of the place. I will try to clean it up. Yes, it, it's on me. So one thing you missed, and this is a, a real kind of, you know, bad thing about the Bahamas is that you don't get to watch Oklahoma political debates. No, I don't. And so, I mean, that's a reason just to avoid the place, really. Just you mean the Bahamas or Oklahoma? Which one should you avoid? <laughs> well, you're back now. so But you watch the debates on the Tulsa world. It, well, the one, the most recent one is the, the state superintendent race, which is on the Tulsa world website. It was aired in Oklahoma City on the Fox News channel. And I watched it last night. For the first time, you watched it. Why was I, it not Tulsa? I don't. Well, they couldn't. Ryan Walters won't won't meet with her. I mean, it took a lot. He 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 agreed to several, then he dropped out at the last minute, and so this was the only one he would agree to. And I don't. Who knows why? But couldn't you just have a car cam? Would he agree to that? Put you well, in the there was seat? a funny. There was a funny meme where they had like a podium and then like a car, like the interior of a car that maybe he would feel more comfortable in, in, in a car, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but I can't describe this debate. I, I First of all, I want to start, everyone should watch this debate that go to the Tulsa World site. You can watch it there. If you think we're exaggerating anything, go, go look at it. I, I can't even, I wish they would debate more because it was just yeah something. So I'm going to, what did you think of it? Because I'm still trying to form thoughts. I'm still trying to articulate it and formulate it as well. The first thing that hit me was every problem that both parties have was embodied in that debate. His extremism, Democrats kind of whiffling and waffling about charges. It took her 41 minutes in the debate to finally turn to him and say, Define liberal indoctrination. When he called her a liar, how many times? So At many one point times. she said, it's not in my nature to lie. That was her defense. And it just seemed to me that, again, no minds were changed. Democrats will vote, literally will vote for a turnip truck over him. And Republicans will vote for him over any Democrat. So Jenna Nelson really wasn't the problem, wasn't the issue. He is more of an issue than I think she is. I will tell you one thing that hit me that, that did bother me from sort of an overall perspective. If you notice, he was Secretary Nelson every time, Secretary Walters, every time they spoke to him and she was Mrs. What was that about? It is 2022, is it not? Mrs. It is. It is. 
it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you notice, that's an issue in the, in the, uh, among the governor's race too, that, yeah. and, uh, Superintendent Hoffmeister has to sometimes remind people that she has a title as well. So yeah, that's, uh, that's it reminds me of, of in the old days when 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 people would get married, they say, and I'll pronounce you uh man, man and wife, as if what was he what was she sure, before she was a wife? She now has a wife and he is now still a man. Well, he's secretary and she's still somebody's still wife. Business. Yeah. Well, and you know, there and, and that could be that. I mean, he's so over the top that he is, but he didn't answer questions. And that's when you break it down, like the first question, what are your qualifications? He never said. He came right out of the gate with radical porn, just porn, 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 and, you know, radical, liberal, radical. And it's just, he never said, hey, here's what I did. I mean, she was the one that mentioned he was a teacher. <laughs> it's like, because there's such a script and if you just keep repeating it but the idea of porn in schools how much based on based on two books he kept talking about two books and, seemed, and in which which there was one copy of each in all of Tulsa public schools he found online he didn't check to see if they'd been checked out he had the in the wrong schools um and I think one had only not been checked out and one had only been checked out once and we're talking out of like a million pieces of material, two books, and only two teachers. He kept bringing up two teachers. Two teachers. Norman teacher, and then there was a teacher out of, I mean, out of thousands and thousands of teachers, most of the teachers in Oklahoma are Republican. So yeah, there's two knuckleheads maybe out of the entire, you know, yes. if, if you even believe that they did wrong, which some people don't. I mean, I'm not sure sharing a QR code meets the definition of, of liberal, you know, but it's, it's, it's this idea of portraying these classrooms as being these porn infested liberal kind of indoctrination that he's speaking to a crowd because on it, I have, I was joking with my teenagers. I'm like, I had no idea that you guys were just going to school and just watching porn all day. Right. I mean, I had no idea. Wow. Of course, you know, the teenage boys thought that was hilarious. I mean, if you are, if, if the liberal indoctrinators are doing a really lousy job, if we've got two teachers and two books, man, we really <laughs> need to up our game if that's the best we got. I want to, I want to, I want to, on that point, can I just read you something? Yes. I wrote this book in huge part because I was struggling to come out and I was asking myself all these questions and I was having all these somewhat challenging conversations as it often seems like I was never able to fully get my point across. And I got to the point where I thought I have to sit down and write about this because I don't feel like I'm getting across verbally what I am trying to say. You know what that's from? No, I do not. Genderqueer. Oh. That's the author of Genderqueer. What does that sound like? Every coming of age book imaginable. And it seems to me that no reporter said to him, what don't you like about this book? What are your what is your problem with this book? What parts of this book? And he no doubt would have said, I don't read porn, which is well, fine. You, no, I'll tell you what the answer is. It's the illustrations. There are right. illustrations in the book that are, I mean, it's not appropriate, but it's also, I don't right now, trying to find a copy of Genderqueer is very hard. It, it is like 
it's become so popular because people want to check it out. And yeah, it's it's the graphic illustrations. I think it's and I with Flamer, I haven't seen the images, but but still the the book's popular for a reason. Kids have questions, and this transgender uh, discrimination is is troubling because the, the statistics show, and this is you know research based out of mental health research, eighty percent of transgender children attempt to take their life. Some of that are successful. So 80%, I mean, that is unbelievable that 80% of children who identify as transgender try to take their own life. So if you are a parent of a transgender child, you're going to fight like hell to keep, to be in that 20% that your child lives. And so when you have this sort of like, don't use the bathroom there's bigger issues with he's with punching down on the most vulnerable, and they make it sound like these are predators. LGBTQ kids are more likely to be victims than to be the aggressor, and so and and in this talk about you know, and he brought up a lot of times parents know best, parents choice, parents this, and it, and it just strikes me that unless you're the parent of an LGBTQ kid. Then all of a sudden, those parents don't count, or we're going to lessen theirs. And I think schools are trying to balance all these different views. But at the end of the day, you have kids that are trying to learn, and they're trying to grow up in a world that is unlike any before us. I mean, they're worried about getting shot at school. Mm -hmm. My kid just had a lockdown drill for you know a school shooting. That's something that where they go to the bathroom and what books they read. If they're reading books, great. We should be encouraging more reading. Right. So, they're not worried about who's in the next stall. Right. And and the thing about porn in school, we, that I, I agree, more clapback needs to be happening on that. Be, and and she and I don't know if in that you you said that you felt like she you know she wasn't aggressive enough. I don't. And maybe that plays into I her personality, which is more, we're going to get along, we're going to find common ground, um, tamp down the rhetoric. I don't know whether that works or people want to see that aggression. You want to see the the, the more well, aggressive. You tell me who's undecided out there. You tell me who's waiting for a message they want and 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 really wants it and not just wants to be interviewed about wanting it. Where are the people out there who really have not made a decision about Ryan Walters or Kevin Stiff for that matter? So I, I know what but are they? What are, are some people who don't believe it? I think that, and I, I, I mean, he's speaking to a specific audience because it's it, it was just like on repeat. It was like a drinking game. That's right. And he, he one thing I noticed is he's definitely hitching his wagon to Stitt. Like in the governor's debate, the, the Ryan Walters was never mentioned, which. I was surprised. I thought Joy Hoffmeister would bring that up, especially with the gear funds. And that was a part of the debate that I think Gina could have been stronger on because that's a that was a big screw up. I mean, that I mean, every federal dollar that Ryan Walters oversaw is under investigation or questioned. I mean, he had $31 million in the governor's education pandemic funds. 31, all of it, in an audit from the Federal 
Office of Inspector General found that it was either misspent on things like TVs and whatever, or was they can't find it. It's untraceable. And in the debate, he blamed it on the vendor, which to me, that vendor has contracts all over the nation. Only in Oklahoma did he have this problem. And in the email that was provided that uh, has been reported, he, sh- he it was clear. Ryan Walters said, approve everything. Right. He's taking no responsibility for that. And so when these things happen, the, these elected officials who don't take responsibility try to, I'm done with, kind of done with that. And by contrast, Matt Pinnell got caught up in the Swadley thing. His name was involved in that. He's totally taken ownership of it. He's like, yeah, I'm one of five people. It's, this is a horrible process. His idea, his lesson was, yeah, I didn't have the bandwidth to oversee all this. We should have citizen boards come back to oversee the day-to-day management of this. So that way we have more eyes on it. That's the kind of ideas and leadership that you want to see after a scandal, right? I would think. And also- Someone takes responsibility, we're going to prevent it, and here's how to do it. And Gina didn't press him on that. Because to me, that that's when you're looking at someone going to take over a budget of $3 billion, you want to know that they can handle it financially. If so. you defang government, you can't then complain that it has no fangs. So if you say we don't want government regulation and you don't have government regulation and something falls apart, that's why. Right. And Walters, it doesn't seem to me, can say, well... I'm for local control. I'm for parent control. I'm for government getting out of the way. And then when government gets out of the way, guess what happens? That's why you have government to stand in the well, way. For the business. In, they in say that. Case. I like government control until the local school board decides we're going to have four day school week or we're going to have masks in our school during a pandemic. And she never said, again, it's coming out strongly. She never said to him, they close schools to prevent kids from dying. Period. How about that for a comeback? He said it how many times you close schools? Yes, because kids were dying. And we thought it'd be a good idea for them to fall back a little bit in English and math over a year if they stayed alive. Yeah. Yeah. And the teachers and the caregivers at home where these kids are going home to. I mean, certainly everyone's wanting to go back and litigate the pandemic, which is... Folly, frankly, because no one knew at the time what was going on. And there's still no research at the end on someone did it better than the other. There's no conclusive evidence to that. But the, you know, the, the other thing in it that in that debate that calling someone a liar over and over again is like, I didn't see that she lied about anything. I saw they had some political difference, but she she never, yeah, you're right. I mean, it took a while. I wouldn't have been able to wait 41 minutes to be like, enough of you, you know. I mean, think of if it were you in that position, but it was when he brought up his child. I'm very uneasy with bringing up a person's children, whether it's someone else's children or your own, you know, because, and it wasn't like his, his daughter was being picked on at school and he blamed it on Gina's lies. When are you going to take responsibility for your lies causing my daughter to get picked on? So he made a lot of links there. Where were the reporters saying, when did this happen? Was this reported? And how do you say that? How do you blame Gina Nelson 
for your daughter being picked on him allegedly. Where was the push? Right, that's what I mean. It's point? like he's he was using his daughter to As gain points and portraying this woman. I promise you that these children probably don't know who Gina Nelson is. And I I mean, I mean, I know that children of public figures are often in difficult. So we've always had this sort of rule of, you know, children are off limits. And I still believe that mm -hmm. because they didn't ask for what their parents did. And so he's bringing his child into this for political gain. And that made me uncomfortable. That I, I was like, yeah, I, I was dubious that it happened. And I didn't like the way he was trying to assign blame to someone who, I mean. And was, and was one of his daughters, the same daughter who at the end gets on the bus all smiles because she loves her, her bus driver and she loves her teachers. Was this the same daughter who has such an idyllic, wonderful life going to public schools? This is the same daughter who has been tormented by the same teacher. One of the two teachers he mentioned that she loves so much. I don't I mean, know if it's a teacher or another student, but I just, the whole thing I thought was just, uh, like I say, using, it's one thing to use your child to say, hey, I went to a, a, a class recital with my child and here's what I observed and saw, but he's blaming his child's torment mm -hmm. on a public figure who probably has not met her, you know, and so that, mm -hmm. I was uneasy with that in general, and I don't know, but, you know, the thing about debates that also, as I was watching this, it's very hard to fact check on the spot. Right. But and you he's know he's going to bring up genderqueer. You know right. she's going to bring up the gear. You know certain things are going to happen. My my old friend, my 92-year-old sports writer friend, Jerry Eisenberg in Las Vegas, tells me this great story about how sports writers are really bad at having a, a list of questions they're going to ask they have a, a list of things that they want to get out. So if in one time he said, he tried an experiment where the reporter asked the athlete, tell me about your early life. I went to high school, uh, then I killed four people. Then I went to Georgia Tech. And the reporter says, and you scored how many touchdowns your first year at Georgia Tech? Completely missing the point of what was just said, the moment. And I think again, if you just have a list of questions, you will miss all those moments. And this is one of those debates, and we could argue about how important debates are. I mean, the candidates, the superintendent of school standing on a podium answering questions, where does that list, where does that rank on the list of things he or she's going to be asked to do? But if you're going to have this, then at least say these two candidates, we can start off with two or three questions and then just see where the questions go. And then you could have had an entire debate, as you said, back up this statement. Let's back up here. Who was accosted? Who was dressed down because of something she said? And do you have any recollection? Can you prove this? And then she, and then say to her, he just called you a liar. If she's not going to address it herself. I think that's how these debates might be informed. I, I mean, it could be, and I don't think, I, and well, here's the other thing. I don't think candidates agree to that. I think they want it as much of a controlled atmosphere as they can. But the, the thing that caught my attention, and because, and I know you you know that I, I will get into the weeds of things. Right. You know, I'll start getting into details that will bore a person silly. But he kept bringing up 51% goes to administrative costs. 51% of the budgets go to administrative costs. And I just thought that cannot, that's not right. That cannot be right. But no one asked. Where did you get that stat? Where did that come from? Because in Oklahoma, there's there's a law that says you can't spend, I want to say it's somewhere between five and eight percent on administration. 
I mean, that it's in law. It's it's that's what got Epic in trouble originally. They were way over that cap. Right. They kept bringing that up. And it was just went. So it was only afterwards and some of the, the print reporters and some of the, the broadcast reporters went back to, to find out where that came from. Well, it comes out that it's from this National Education Center of Statistics. But it's that leap. It states that 49% of the total education budget in Oklahoma is for teachers. Well, he just assumed 51% are administrators. No, that's paraprofessionals and teacher's aides in the classroom. Those are uh, librarians, bus drivers, cafeteria workers, counselors. It's all these other people that are equally important to keeping, now some of them are also in classrooms, but they're equally important. So, and he, this campaign from just doubles down. Like, yeah, we just think it's too much. Well, again, the reporter so should have said, where did you get that? And she should have known he was going to bring that up. It's in his campaign material. It's not the first time he's mentioned it, right? And that should have been where she said, where are those figures come from? And why didn't she mention paraprofessionals and bus drivers and cafeteria workers? You're exactly right. You know these things are coming up. You know there's certain things. You can't fact check everything on the spot, but you know what's coming up. And you knew what he was going to talk about. Oh, what about the Hillsdale thing? I know that you love all things that are right-wing evangelical Christian. Uh, um, you know, have you ever, the Hillsdale College that he wants to make all high school teachers go through patriotic training at Hillsdale College. Of course, we don't know how much this costs. And it's, I went down that rabbit hole yesterday. Time, I wish I could have back. But it's based on Hillsdale created this thing called 1776 Curriculum. Yes. And it's it's a it's a reaction to the New York Times 1619, you know, view Legible. of through the lens of slavery. And yeah. so this is and a bunch of like charter schools have grabbed onto this and it's gotten tied in with the Betsy DeVos charter schools. But what do you think about 1776? Hillsdale College curriculum. Is this something that you feel like you need, Barry, to learn the real, true history of our country? Well, he, the history of this country, if he emphasized how many times we should teach the Constitution and Declaration of Independence, apparently those are the only now, two who's things. Who's not teaching that, first of all? That's all every, we should be teaching. It, it is a, it is in, first of all, it's in the curriculum, it's in the everything. That's like, they're learning that in elementary school. I promise you that's being done. So let's get that off the table. And if you teach that, you have to teach the three-fifths compromise, which says that Blacks were three-fifths of human beings. Who and when they vote. Who passed that? Whites. And now you're going to say, how dare we mention that this country was based at times in part by some on racism. You can't teach the Constitution and Declaration without teaching the built-in institutional racism that our white forefathers who built the greatest country in the world of all time, how many times did he say that? Yes. yes without yes. mentioning that. That's teaching the Constitution and the Declaration. Right. Where was she on that? Where were they on that? Where were the porters on that? And again, if you say no pornography in our schools, teach the Constitution Declaration, and we don't want indoctrination. Well, who would be against that? Exactly. Like, when you look at what he's saying, they're like, yeah, I agree with that. It's sort of like the 1775 bill. Yeah, okay, we shouldn't teach one is better, but there's so much subjectivity 
And, and the, the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, okay, yes, they were flawed documents. I mean, that's why we've amended it so many times. Right. And you have to, I go back, I've, the Ken Burns thing, the, the Holocaust, the, the recent one, was so fascinating in that the rise of Nazism in part came from, they used our laws, our immigration laws, to help the rise of the Nazis that the way we, we had a genocide of indigenous people, they thought that was a great thing. They thought, well, we can do that too. So some of our history is tied into these other horrible genocides that the way, what came after that's just important. We can't ignore that in history too. And that gets lost in, in what he's saying and what those talking points are about. No one is saying we're, we shouldn't teach the good things about the country, but we learn more and more about how those horrible traumas have resonated through time. If, and, if I were a reporter, if I reporter or General Nelson, I would have asked him, one of the questions I would have asked him is, do you agree with the statement that history is messy? And if the answer is yes, then you have to teach the messiness. And if you teach the messiness, 1775 is impossible to maneuver around. Well, it's the part where it says that you that you if it makes someone feel bad, like how do you legislate if someone feels bad? And that's why, you know, when they were talking a little bit about that, and first of all, he was wrong. And she was right to point out that CRT is not mentioned in that law. They keep calling it a CRT bill. It's not mentioned in that law, but it's the subjectivity of legislating feelings. And she did, and he didn't, have a good comeback to hers on but there's no due process because there is no due process in that law so your governor appointed board is the final and and right now i think that's why it's being one of the reasons why it's being challenged by the aclu and others is there has to be a due process but what did you think of those in questions they could each ask each other a question i thought both of them were pretty weak if it weren't if it weren't my computer screen, I would have thrown something at it. I, just I could not believe both of them were pretty weak. Will you become the man you were? I, know, I thought that's your question. Again, I'm voting for her. Others are voting for him. I didn't find a lot in either one of these. That would make someone, if there were independent voters, who would say, I'm, I'm moving over. You'd have to do some research. You'd have to understand the Hillsdale College thing and 1775 and funding and supporting this notion of teaching the Declaration in the greatest country. That's that's the indoctrination to right. say. Well, he should have been stronger. Of That's already happening. We are doing That's I mean, he should know. And he knows. There's part of me that wonders how much of this is theater for him and how much does he really believe this stuff that he says? Because, I mean, radical gender theory, that's not even a thing. I mean, there's no porn in classrooms. He's talking to a group of people who I think are scared of change. They're scared of people who are different. They watch a lot of Tucker Carlson and listen to a lot of Glenn Beck. And they're just mad because even and i have like say all the republicans i know all the democrats i know who are in the schools who have they they're just not 
this is not, they would agree. That is not the experience. That is not the worry. Our biggest worry is not porn. It's why can't the scoreboard at LaFortune Stadium work during football games? We have a broken scoreboard. That's what's making me mad. It's why right. we get a physics teacher in my in our school. These are the things that matter to my, me. The fact that there might be one book circulating somewhere in the district that has an illustration of, you know, whatever it is. If I, parents know best, then parents can say, I want my son or daughter to understand the struggles of a transgender student because struggle is struggle. Right. And I want my my child to have access to that information. I don't want your child to have to read it, but I want my child to be able to read it. I'm a parent. Am I now allowed parental control or is it just the right that has parental control? Can't the left parents say, wait a minute, I don't care where transgenders urinate. That's not my problem. I'm a parent. There you go. And, you know, and with genderqueer, because it is, it, it does have illustrations of a sex act and it will bother some people, but there are ways that you could have that with permission only. And I believe that's how it is, that in order to check that out, you have to have permission from a parent to do that. And so some parents who are like, you know what, you're a kid that's struggling. And if you think this will help, great. If you're a parent that's like, nope, not going to do it, then that's fine. There are ways to handle that without just saying there's all this rampant porn because there's not. There are two books that make him feel uncomfortable. Two books, two teachers, and our entire education policy in this state is going to be based on those four moments. Right. right. I would have asked him, why do you want this job? You're secretary of education. What is this about for you? Is it about funding? You want to get your hands on the money? You have the best job of education. You want to set education policy in the state? You've oh, got the job. It's vouchers. It's That's what this is about. And there's a real, and I'll tell you, vouchers will hurt public schools. Absolutely. There's a movement to try to convince people it's not. No, it will It will take millions of dollars. If that last bill had passed, it would have taken about $166 million and put them in private schools. So no matter if you are in a small school, that means less money for your kids. Right. It, it is because it's not like the because I've heard this argument. Well, if you have less kids in public school, that'll mean more money for them. No, fewer the money kids. travels with them. Fewer kids, not less. Fewer. Fewer. I'm sorry, I get wound up. See, it's my public education, right? See, that's right. If you had gone to a private school, charter school, that wouldn't have happened. Yes, that's true. That's why I came it's back to correct your grammar. You know, but that's why it's this pushing for for private school vouchers. That, and how much are the vouchers going to be for? I think we talked about this once before. It was, I mean, I think it's like somewhere because it's, it's all weighted. At right. one point, it was like 5,600, but it could go up to like 9,000, which is does not cover. Which is about two and a half months, right? Right, of a private school. Of a private school. It's, it, it is, it, you're, you are selling dust. You are selling a notion they cannot afford to go to a private school on the voucher. And all you're doing is taking money away from public schools. And that's the point. If we can kill public schools, we can kill education. If we can kill education, we can kill knowledge. And then guess what? Then you've had the North Korea you keep telling the Democrats want. Now you're making and, a lot of jumps there, Barry. I know. You've, you've but, jumped us into North Korea. Okay. Well, didn't he? Didn't he mention that? I There was yes, so much that it's just, we end up yes, talking a lot about it. But, at the you know, it's just, I want people to watch it because... If you think we're being, if you think it's 
hyperbole. He had at one point mentioned that Joy Hoffman and, and a lot of Biden Hoffmeister. I, first of all, he he's it's like he's the running mate of Governor Stitt, which is kind of interesting because Governor Stitt did not mention him. Um, why is that? But he's running against Biden, and the federal government has so little to do with our education system. It really does. Um, and he wanted to turn away some federal dollars. He he's backed off of that. I noticed that in the in the debate. She did ask him about that. But yeah, I uh, but with the with the private school voucher thing, I think that that's what this is about, and it will. You kept mentioning indoctrination. Period. You kept mentioning that we were turning in to North Korea, which is where I got it. See, I, you I kept don't mentioning that we are we are being uh, controlled by this left wing Democrat radical side of Democrat. I love when they can't pronounce the name right. Democrat party. They they just can't wrap their minds around the Democratic party. So I have to say Democrat because it sounds so dismissive. But the radical side and the left side. And again, there's no pushback from the. Not the defensive, I'm not a radical Democrat, because then you win. Then they win if you get defensive. But if you ask them to define their terms, maybe it matters. If you have a reporter or a bunch of reporters who don't let the talking points on both sides yeah. air out. Because how many times did he mention that? And there you know, was and, no. And, that, and that's brought up, I mean, even in the governor's race, it's brought up. And what's interesting about it, I've, I've interviewed a lot of candidates met with a lot of candidates in, in on both sides and among the democrats because you know everyone wants to portray you know the republican party wants to portray all these democrats as being these left-wing aoc types i really can't find that i mean when i was looking when i would you know would take notes on their different positions particularly when it came to the economy a, most of the democrats in the state uh, are agree with the republicans on on fiscal conservatism, on the use of tax incentives, the savings counts, there it's moderate. I think of all of the elected officials I know, if I would say, are how many are would you say are similar to like AOC or Nancy Pelosi? I mean, I'm thinking maybe one or two, maybe, but all the others, they're just, you know, and you can even look at their votes. <laughs> it's it's they're not these. I don't know any radical. Democrats in this state, honestly. And we've had union heads on the program with us, haven't we? Teacher union. Teachers, yeah. The teachers union is, now there are places in America that teachers unions are super strong. This is not in one Chicago, of them. They'll shut the city down. This is not one of them. Yeah. And again, even if it were one of them, you could say you want teachers, you support teachers, but you don't want teachers to have an advocacy. You don't right. want teachers to have advocates. If the is teachers that, union were as strong as as what the, the Republican leaders like Ryan Walters and Governor Stitt think, they wouldn't be paid as bad as they are. Our our, our public education wouldn't be 49th in per pupil expenditure. And it's not like Republicans have not run things in the state for how many years? All of a sudden, the Democratic Party, Democratic Party, and their teachers unions are ruining our schools based on again two books and two teachers. One yeah, teacher and, left and I think teachers unions are are helpful in in some of the negotiations, especially when you know some of the contract things they get for their teachers. And it, it's more they're actually what was it she said? One of the teachers unions said that more than half of the time are spent on non uh, money non salary things. They're things like how many times can you require a teacher to give up their evenings for an event, or what how much how many parent teacher conferences planning periods. 
planning periods. It's it's all these like daily minutia stuff that's really important to your day-to-day world, but it's not radical. It's not, it's not, it, it's not squeezing someone or shaking someone down. They're just, that's not what they're doing. And, and one um, of the things Walters did not do, because it's easy to wrap your arms around students and parents and education. But if you don't wrap your arms around public education, if you don't get the sense that your candidate, your superintendent of schools loves public education, that's really the issue to me. And of these two candidates, one loves public education and one thinks, sees it and sees all the holes and all the corrosion. And that's really the issue with these two. If you were right. to put and, them both on the And to not understand how that, and he mentioned the, the discipline she didn't clap back on that either. They say there were some areas that, you know, you could have really honed in. Because when I hear lack of discipline, lack of discipline, I'm thinking there's some mental health going on. We have we we have ignored the mental health of of kids in this state, and we want schools to fix it. So what do they do? They come with trauma in homes. They come and act out. Well, you could suspend that kid, and then they go back to a traumatized home. So right. we're learning more about why kids are acting up and what are that needs to be and again it's not as sexy as you know the talking points but the reality is they're acting up a lot of times because of other things that are being untreated so there were some moments in there that yeah there it would have been nice to follow up on but so you also watch the governors i want to touch on the governor's debate because i haven't talked to you about that you were gone I've already, well, I've dissected it a little bit, but. I know, I saw you cheated on me. You talked to someone else about the governor's debate, so I'm not going to talk to you about this. Oh, you're going to talk to say, I'm not say something. All right, I am surprised. I'm not betting the house. I wouldn't even bet your house. I am surprised she's doing as well as she's doing. I think that's heartening. And I think one of the reasons he is not, the governor is not attaching himself to Walters is because. Walters is in much bigger trouble than Stid is of losing. Would that be an accurate assessment? I don't know. I can't call him. Everyone's yeah. asking me what I think. I'm like, I if I knew how voters yeah. reacted, and I the pollsters don't even know. Bill yeah, Shackley, I, yeah, I don't see that about that. Either one winning, and I certainly see them. I see Stid still winning by ten. I see Walters winning by three or four. But you can also see a scenario where we could wake up and she beat him. Because again, I'm going back to Brett Henry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't put all my chips in with Brett Henry. But nobody expected that race to happen. It was a long time ago. It was 20 years ago now. But there may be a streak. And, and it may be the rural voters who do not want their schools sucked dry of money. They don't want them closed. And he is particularly bad at moving off those talking points, which have very little to do with Oklahoma schools. As you say, she didn't say what you said. You know, Mr. Walters, nobody, nobody in my school is talking about this, this, and this. What we're talking about is why we can't get the lights to work and the scoreboard to work and the urinals to flush, not who's next, who's in front of them. She didn't do a good job of saying, these are the issues that teachers are talking about that teachers don't have planning periods, that the teachers union is so good, they're overworked, underpaid, scared, and ready to quit. That's how good the unions are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it seems to me there, yep. was, there was the, the opening that I think 
it's like representation, right? We all hate Congress except our congressmen and congresswomen. Well, we all hate public education and government, but we like our teachers. We like our school. Even he likes our teachers, and he likes his bus driver. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, public education works for him and his his two idyllic daughter, daughters. Fine, good. It, it, it works for a lot of people. You and I mentioned this in, a, in another podcast, but I, you know, I grew up in rural Oklahoma. Went to right. Grove Schools as a kid, Perry Schools where I graduated. No one ever has said we need more schools here. What they want are more in their schools. Right. That why would and I use the example of you know when I went to high school we didn't have AP classes so I was at a disadvantage because I you know these other kids in metro areas had these other courses so Perry needed to get resources to offer AP which they have now but we didn't have concurrent enrollment what what these rural areas want is not less they don't want to dilute their schools they just want to have more options they want to have a robust virtual program available for kids who need it they want to have you know other things with, you know, they want an alternative education program within their district. So that's what they want. They don't want, you know, this whole idea of school choice of, you know, screw it, we'll just leave you and go start our own thing. That's not what they're asking. People love their, especially in these rural areas where their whole identity is their school. That's what she, we're talking about. She touched on that a little bit with the heart of the community and your room communities when you get rid of schools and stuff. But I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this because I'm back and, and I like the show. What you just articulated about what these school districts want and what parents want and what teachers want is exactly the, the argument she should have made. And she should have made it like that. Hmm. We want well, more in the schools. We want we want physics teachers who are not basketball coaches with a free period. That's what we want. And, and those are the issues. Well, not, you know, maybe maybe we're being harsh because we're not we don't have lights in our face and in front right, of our face. we are. So there is something about performing. You, you're a performer. I mean, don't you just kind of sometimes look at a show and go, ah, I should have said this. Right. And I also don't like the fact we are being harder on her than a right wing podcast is being on him. That's true. I mean, it's. He they were very happy with I just him. Did, I can tell you, I don't see any ideas out of him. I mean, bottom line is when you watch it and really think, what did he tell me? But you had mentioned something that before we we end this, if we're gonna end this, we could talk forever. We won't, but the idea of debates, you brought up several times, and I've wondered this. What though does anyone even care about debates? I come away with thinking it's at least a way to see how people react to see how people, you know, to see Ryan Walters in all of his national talking point provocateur self is something that to just write, if we, if you couldn't see it and you just had to write it, it doesn't have that same oomph, you know? Um, and I wonder where people do get their information. And I wrote about this earlier when you were in the Bahamas enjoying life, that- I was working. Stand up comedy. Working, right? But you're in the Bahamas. I'm working in like this. You you're changed your setup, Bahamas. by the way. I like the new uh, dates. I like the new uh, dates. You finally the say, I will take the Bahamas. If I'll tell you what, you come here and I'll go to the Bahamas and yeah. work there. They've never hired me. Good. But but getting back to my point, where are people getting their information? So you have these multi-million dollar campaigns on TV and ads, and it's highly curated. It's it's an image. 
I view it as propaganda because you're not really getting the hardest thing. So the next thing is, okay, a town hall, a debate. Where, where are people getting information, you think? What is the most, this is the big question that I think even campaign managers wrestle with. Well, I think to the extent they're getting information anywhere other than just osmosis, I mean, they watch whatever we watch our bent, our political bent, and we figure, well, this guy is of that bent, so he's my guy. I think what Walters did was exactly what he did in his car. I don't think we needed to see him as much as we needed to see her. So the question for Democrats is, in seeing her, how did she represent herself? How did she represent Democrats? is she a good candidate? Is she an option for this state? We were there any surprises with him? No. He actually glossed up his message a little bit. He, he he walked some stuff back. But he was he was in his car without being in his car. And I think to the extent that she presented herself well enough is good enough. But did we learn anything from her? We learned that she's not him. And that may be enough. I mean, for people who who will go into the next level and read about him and, and know that, you know, the problem with 1775 is not the language of 1775. It's the pervasiveness. It's the it's the air in the room. It's the fear, which is the whole point of that bill. And if you if you spend another moment or two on that, you realize this is not just about the Constitution and the Declaration. What it is about is making sure that we don't veer too far from this message that the right wing wants for America. I don't know that the left wing has a message for America. What what is it? Oh, I I don't know. That's a good question. What is the message that, what is the nefariousness of the left? What are we trying to do? You cannot say, okay, so he threw out the whole business about student loans. You're yeah. against the payback. So, and it's like, really, that's your issue that people shouldn't get back some money from predatory loans, the only loans that can't be discharged in a bankruptcy after sending how many hundreds of thousand dollars in PPE loan forgiveness? You want to give people back $20,000. They didn't all go to Harvard. They didn't all spend it at Yale studying poetry. For a lot of people, this $20,000 changes their life. And they can take this $20,000 and go buy a car from a Republican who owns a car dealership. How is this a bad thing? Well, that's a whole other, that's it's, it's throwing out things that are, that's say he's talking, he's speaking to a group. Right. I mean, 146,000 Republicans voted for him in the primary. That's, you know, he's kind of feeding that group. And so they are against the student loan Biden thing because they've been told to, um, not going down into, you know, the weeds of, of what it is. And, and yeah, and so that just, I think those kind of, subliminal things sort of stick. But but you ask a question like what what does the left wing want? That's a good question. I I don't know. Right now in Oklahoma, the Democratic Party seems to be running on, hey, we're moderates. We're trying to tamp down the rhetoric. I mean, that seems to be there's not really a left wing that like I say, I when I was really looking at and, and interviewing the Democrats, I wasn't finding any sort of like that left wing thing you hear about right. nationally. Exactly. It's, I think they're all sort of running on Common sense is sort of what I'm getting from from it, but you know, it, it it does seem to me that that there isn't a Democrat in Oklahoma who is saying, 
abortion up until the time of birth. That is an absolute lie. I've never heard Democrats say that. Nobody in Oklahoma, in New York or Colorado is saying abortion up until birth. That is just an absolute lie. Somebody should have called them on it. Well, nobody in Oklahoma is saying abortion on demand. What, what liberals are saying, at least give us, although it's an awful exception, the uh, life of the mother, rape and incest. And I say awful because how do you define life of the mother? Right? So if you say it should be between a woman and her doctor, that's an extreme position. You have to apologize for that. You look somebody straight in the eye and say, yes, it's between a woman and her doctor. And you turn to a candidate who, who disagrees with you and says, your daughter, Senator, your daughter, Congressman, your daughter, Secretary, has just been raped. I hate this question. Though. I know, but it's- I hate the it's, hypotheticals. It's, it's not a hypothetical because- they bring it up all the time that it's abortion. But, but the thing abortion. is, they're not going to tell you the truth. I mean, that's these hypotheticals. I mean. But you but, score points for asking the question, for making okay. him or her say, yes, I would tell my daughter, Cassie, she must have enough. She must give birth. I would tell my 12-year-old, no exceptions. God has a plan for you. Make them say that. Well, I think some of them would and believe it. That's so. And we so, you don't have any take, so, so going back to my question about the the governor's debate, you don't have any right. takeaways. Uh, she did well. I think again, both sides will be happy. Uh, not again. I think both sides will be happy with what their candidates did. Yeah. Um, again, the Biden mission changes. You don't think that either of those debates change the 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 final outcome? No. Do you? I don't know. I'm glad they both did because I'll tell you what bothers me more are people who refuse to to have, and they aren't really true debates, as you pointed out. Right. It's more like a question answer. Joint press conference. Right, right. It is. It's not really true debates. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm getting away from calling it that and calling it more like a forum or an event because, but at least they're on the stage. It, I'm more leery of the candidates who refuse to be on a stage with their opponent because yeah. there's some sort of weird thought of, well, that, that'll legitimize a candidacy. No, it means you're scared of that candidate. Right. It means it means that you don't have confidence in yourself to stand next to an opponent and and to just be like a you know sportsman like. You know, it's like but again it never affected this race. It never affected Jim Inhoff. It never it yeah because never, Jim Inhoff didn't do that at first. He did that in this last one where it was pretty safe. But now you're seeing people think they're Jim Inhoff. I'm like you, you are not in your 80s. Who've spent you know your entire career here? No, you are. You're still you know, and that's what I know. Jim Inhofe started that. There, we don't have any Jim Inhofe's right now. Really, what I'm surprised about, going back to the uh, education debate, what I'm surprised about is that he did not address his potential problem with rural voters. I, I really thought he would have said, I'm not out to get you, because that's the one place yeah, he I, Yeah, and I saw that Governor Stitt had a video out yesterday with right. his wife saying, I'm not out to get you. you know, it's that sort of kind of a last-minute reassurance that, yeah, he didn't do that. Ryan Walters didn't do that. But I'll tell you what I am heartened about. You asked about this. I think what's moving the needle, if it's being moved, and I think it is, is that the totality of Stitt, the totality of Walters, is moving voters maybe who are with Republicans, and David Black talks about this all the time, how I toggle between 
mainstream Republicans and maniacal Republicans. Right. You have there is a difference. I'm with David Blatt on that. All right. So there's a difference, except you'd like the mainstream Republicans to stop voting for the maniacal Republicans because right. hey, it, it is up to wants, them to to right. um, you know this, this, where do you want your party to be? I think where the needle is moving is that a lot of the mainstream Republicans are saying "Stit is too much. We have mothers and daughters. We want them and their doctors to control their bodies to a point. We can be pro-abortion. I thought Hoffmeister was very good about abortion. I thought that was her strongest moment. She said, I am pro-life, but I am not in every woman's shoes, which just seems like a humane human thing to say. And I think people can respect that. I think, and I think what's the totality of this with moving the needle the last few months, I don't think the debate moved it at all because no major gaffes, but I do think whatever information is getting out to voters, it is moving them away from these two. These two should have much safer races than they're having. It is an interesting situation where the incumbent Republican governor is in a real fight for re-election. I mean, that's an interesting situation we're in um, that I don't think anyone saw. But I remind people that, and they brought it up that Joyce Switch, and they're kind of making it out to be a traitor kind of thing. She was a Republican 10 months ago. And she hasn't, and he, and, and Stitt did ask, I believe, what, a, or no, or was it a question from the moderator about what parts of the Democratic platform would you embrace or back? And she sort of avoided that question. Mm-hmm because her issues haven't really changed. Her positions haven't no. changed. Well, that's, um, that's, when, that's when you you schlep out the old Ronald Reagan thing is I didn't leave the Republican Party. The Republican Party left me or Democratic Party, whatever party. Yeah, she didn't say it quite that succinctly. That's what she's getting at. But yeah, that there is, she had a few more one-liners that Gina didn't have. Right. And that's the, and that's why, I think that's why people watch those things. They need to hire yeah. you, Gary. They need to hire the king of the one-liners, you know? They, 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 people, people watch to see the gas. People watch for the, oh, my God, did that really happen moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I watch it. We just we know we're going to be infuriated beforehand. And we are infuriated during and then after. And then and then you kind of sleep on it. and You're like, OK. But yeah, I went even when I was watching the governor's yeah. forum. There were moments where I'm like, say this, say this, you know, but I, I mean, I could kind of see like both sides like you're here's your moment. Yeah, so, but okay. So I don't know what we solved here. But we did an hour of not solving anything. I'm not solving anything, entertained. Well, we're going to meet again. We're going to, we're going to, now that you're back in town, are you going to leave I'm again? Back are you going to leave me? No, well, now that you come crawling back, yes, I will, <laughs> I will, I will accept you. You don't stop cheating on me with these other people. I know. What am I thinking? I don't think. <laughs> It'll be fun. Well, we have fun. What can we say? Okay, well, we will come back next week with something. We'll surprise the people. We'll get our staff to work on our to work on our next topic. We should bring David Blatt on since we've mentioned him and we've no, no one, you know, who people are probably wondering who he is. We should in, in, introduce him to the people. Did you so keep we'll our that. staff on payroll? Or did you give him a furlough? Did you furlough them when I was gone? That what me? Yeah, did you keep our staff at full pay? At me, yeah, that's our <laughs> staff. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Barry, last words. Uh, 
Go vote, but vote correctly. If you're going to vote incorrectly, don't vote. Stay home. There you go. All right. We'll see you next week. Take care.